Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year, everybody. It really is. Welcome to another Art House Rewind. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I'm Arliss. And I'm Jake. And we've got the four horsemen together (laughs) as the end of the year comes. Uh, We're going to be talking about our favorite films of the year that we played here at Art House uh, and we're excited to share all of those. So I'm sure we'll probably have a lot of the same films, but we're going to do a ranking of our top five films of the year, starting at number five, working our way down. But before we jump into that, Brian, is there anything happening that people need to know about? There's a couple things happening that we need to get through real quick. Um, first and foremost, um, here at Art House Cinema location, we are going to be closed this week. So don't come on down, because there's not going to be anyone here, and there's nothing to watch. Starting on Friday. Starting on Friday. Uh, Then on Friday at Babcock, we have everyone's favorite Christmas movie that we actually didn't talk about last week at all, but Die Hard is playing uh, on Friday, one night only. So come get your McLean for the year. And And guys, I got to say, with how busy our theater has been the past few weekends, it would really probably benefit you that if you're coming to Die Hard, get your ticket in advance. Let us know you're coming. Show up a little early. Show up early, get your ticket, get your seat, get some popcorn, all that so and, and it might it's not that it might sell out it might it could but, yeah it could but it's just that it's going to be busy and yep. so if you want to not deal with crowds feel free exactly. to show up early, get your ticket yep, yep. Okay. or if you have your special seat you like that's true you might need to get yep. here uh and then arliss's front row far side it's yeah. weird i don't get it but it's where he loves to watch films. he loves to watch just a sliver <laughs> yeah just uh, everything is a little out of perspective not quite sure what's going on but you're loving every minute of it uh and then uh so 23rd friday we'll have die hard and then the 29th which is thursday we will have mk's staff birthday pick uh which was also a holiday one it is holiday from 1938 with katherine hepburn and uh carrie grant kind of a rom-com holiday themed one a lot of fun classic check it out on the big screen love it and just because we will not be having a podcast next week Brian, what's the thing coming to Art House when we reopen after that? It will be The Fablemans. Woo! Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. That starts on Friday the 30th at Art House. Yep. So don't miss that one. We've been trying to book it for a while. It's been an interesting yep. rollout of that film nationally, not just for our theater, but all theaters have. It's It's been an interesting. It's been, it's been interesting. Yep. yep. But we got it. And we're excited we got to it have now. it. So make sure to come check out The Fablemans. Uh, looks like if you're a lover of film or Steven Spielberg, it's got both of those things, mm-hmm. so essentially. So, gentlemen, we're going to jump into uh, our year end. Ultimately, how do we feel about 2022? Filmmakers, they, they do okay? Decent. 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 Some surprises, some some not surprises. Sure. I, I'd say for me, I'm su- just my, not for the art house list, but my overall year list. I have like way more horror movies than I've had previous years, so it's been Horror movies that you've watched or horror yes, movies that you've watched. enjoyed? watched and enjoyed that okay. I think are like legitimately good and some. Got it. Yeah. Jake, 2022? I think it's great. Good. It was, it was a good <laughs> yeah. year. Decent year for you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I like it, it. it was tough for me to narrow down, but like nothing, well, not nothing, but there was, there was few that were like absolutely like these are the greatest 
of all time, I, but it, it was still hard for me to narrow this down to five. I'm yeah. really excited to see the Oscar nominations yep. because I think then I can help. Like, yeah, there's just, not a clear justify. front runner. There's not a front runner in yeah. anything. But if you gave me a list of like, here's what I think the top five are kind of thing, yep. I think that we could talk through that. But I'm excited because there's not like everyone has had different opinions on, you know, whether it's everything everywhere all at once or tar or, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it seems like there's a lot of cards out there this yep. year. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think for me, what what I find fascinating, the the longer that I'm in this job watching the amount of art house indie films that I am comparatively to my time before, uh, you learn to love certain directors, certain filmmakers, and so you anticipate films differently than you did before. I think before, for me, it was always trailer-based, like, oh, that trailer looks really, really good. Now it's like, oh, this guy's got a new film. She's got a new film coming out. I can't wait to see it. And so it's interesting to watch. I think this year... There was a lot of hype and anticipation around certain films because of the filmmaker yeah. or who was involved. And then I watched it and I was a little disappointed yeah, and a little bit down. But then there's like surprises from others that's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, th- I really, really like. Yeah. And then it makes me go back and rewatch their previous films and enjoy them even more because I'm like, this is really, really great. And a couple of my picks would be an example of that where yeah. I'm just like surprised that this filmmaker has always been doing great work. It's just this, this film was the one that got me to actually go back and view it differently. So with that, gentlemen, let's start out with... Our number five film of the year. So number five. For this, <laughs> thank you, sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know we had that machine. Uh, so, be uh, for the sake of time, we're just going to hit quickly our number four or number five and number four, and then we'll have more in depth conversation about three, two, and one. Now, obviously, like my number five might be Jake's number one, so we'll get to it. If that was your number one, we'll, we'll get to it. So we don't have to you know, jump on, on the bandwagon on all that stuff. But we'll start out with you, Jake. Jake, what was your number five film of the year? I had All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh. I think that, yeah, okay, we're just leaving it there. No, you can, uh, one <laughs> sentence, go. Right. I think that the book really kind of hit me at that perfect age as a teenager, and then seeing it on the screen, there were pieces different from the book, but it has that very, like, war is real and it's not fun. Yeah, I'd agree with that. that was, I, I enjoyed it. Arliss? Uh Triangle of Sadness, Aww. which I thought was pretty, it was Pretty funny. So <laughs> pretty, 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 funny. Pretty, 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 pretty funny. funny. Yeah. Very pretty halfway yeah. through. Brian, number cool. five. Uh, my number five, I actually checked out yesterday because I didn't get to check it out in the theater. I watched Bardo oh. yesterday, and it is my number five because I feel like it was a good representation of sort of that existential, ex- existential crisis, but also sort of the artistic sort of imposter syndrome and all these other it has a lot going on that i was just eating up i really enjoyed that film okay now i have to check it now out Now you have to check it out now i have to check it out okay my number five would be x x yeah, Ooh, I, yeah. i'm surprised yeah <laughs> i know i'm full of surprises are no uh i'm surprised as well as somebody that, that you doesn't guys, like horror films. that doesn't like or watch horror films <laughs> i had a big grin on my face yeah. the whole time I felt like as someone that hasn't watched a lot of the slasher films and those kinds of things that it's like referencing that and pointing at, I've seen enough trailers and kind of been around film mm-hmm. enough to realize some of the the joy in filmmaking that was present. And I loved, even though I didn't get to see Pearl, I loved that post-credit scene of like, oh, yeah. there's, this there's even goes further yeah. and yeah. there's more. And it, it was just like 
it just felt like true cinema joy. Everybody was having the time of their life yeah. making this thing, and I had yeah, the time. It was of my definitely life one of the it. most fun times I had in a theater yeah. this year. Yeah. So that was my number five. Number four. Oh, we're going backwards now? No, I'm pu- trying to push the sound oh. machine button. Number four. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just motioned to Brian is all yeah. I did for the, the listening audience. Jake, what's your number four? Uh, I had greatest beer run ever, so I thought that it, again, was a really good job. It played the line really well of pro-war, anti-war. Just like a bunch of war real, films. Real spot, yeah. yeah it was really good. getting into dad boat right. over there. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like it. Okay. All right. And my number four is Decision to Leave, directed by Park Chan Wook. Uh, yeah. He directed my favorite movie from my favorite movie called The Handmaiden. And so his directing skills, he brought it to this film that I thought was brilliantly displayed with what was cool. a completely different story. And he still, still pulled it off. So. That's one I'm bummed I didn't get to see. I will check it out. I, I need to from all the things I'm hearing. And because it's your number four, Arliss. Cool. Brian? Good. Uh, mine, we technically haven't played okay. yet, yeah, yeah. but it is on the schedule for January, and everyone should come check it out. Uh, it is the Indian blockbuster RRR. Oh. It's, it was the most, I, I know I just said about X, that it's like, <laughs> but I didn't see that in the theater. But it was like, it's, it's, it's fun. spectacle on all levels. Yep. It's it's dancing, it's action, it's singing, it's so much like it is what I've been wanting like our big blockbusters to yep. be for like 15 years now and it was it was just me just gleefully eating it all up. It's, I thought it was great. It's so great. Have you watched it, Arliss? No, I haven't. It's so great. It's mm-hmm. like I was explaining it to someone the other day and it's like think of anything you want to think about in the movie world. Yeah. Love story, comedy, drama, Dancing, music, action, and just turn it up to eleven. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever your thing yeah. is, just turn it all the way up to eleven because it's every. It's just it's great. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, uh, it and the like the cultural history around it. You can get mm-hmm. into it. So sorry, now we're jumping yeah. in. So we're, <laughs> we got it coming in January. So don't miss yep. that when we play. Exactly. It'd be cool to see it on the big screen. Oh yeah, uh, I'm excited. Uh, my number four would be Tar. Uh, this was a film that I was anticipating and, uh, I really, really enjoyed the experience of it, but just like all of my other picks on this, it's the way that this film stayed with me and the conversations that I got to have about it afterwards. Uh, just, I really, really enjoyed it and appreciated that film. So, all right, we're getting into a little more in depth. So these are our top three picks. We're going to go reverse order now. So, Brian, coming to you. Oh. He's got to do his number You seven. have to do your sound machine, though. Number three. Number three. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that I left off this list. If I redid this next week, it might be a totally different list, but I had to get something down. But yeah, You did. Um, yeah, number three for me was one we had quite a while back, but it really stuck with me, and I'm really excited to see what this filmmaker does in the future, and that's Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Rafe. Cooper Rafe. Um, yeah, this one, I'm, again, this is sort of a personal list, too. This isn't, like, if I were trying to rank things of, like, what's more culturally important this year, totally different list. But for sure. me personally, Cha-Cha Real Smooth and the combination of his first film from 2020, Shit House, 
those are both really great films and a really unique voice in filmmaking it's on the writing side, uh, especially that yeah, I think so that he writes, directs and acts in both the movies he's done so far. Yeah. So, and that's and, the part to me that's crazy. And he just brings this real interesting sentimentality to his films it feels that, real. that yeah, feels super real and super unique to him. Like it's like being as vulnerable as he is on camera and, it's incredible. And I, yeah, I think that I'm excited to see what he does next. Cause I think he's a real talent. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. I was like, that's all right. No, I don't think it was bad. I yeah. think, I think there was, I don't think there was anything bad about the film. Mm-hmm. I think I probably let it get a little hyped up. Cause I know that you really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I think you, I watched even after you had seen it and you yeah. enjoyed it. And so, uh, but it was good. I, I appreciated no. the unique take on a story that it felt like you knew all the beats that were about to happen and it didn't do mm-hmm. that. And I, I appreciated that. And there were some comical parts for sure yeah. as well. Arliss, your number f- three. Number three is the Banshees of Inishirin. Oh. Yeah. So for, with this movie, I, it was something I felt devastated by at like just sitting with the movie afterwards is because I think in life I've so far, I've been on both sides of that friendship that was breaking apart. So it was just something that just stuck with me, especially with Colin Farrell's performance in it, because I think, yeah, I think he's my favorite or like my actors wise. He's my favorite performance of yes yeah thoughts on the lobster pause on the list (laughs) do you like the the lobster is great yes you can continue to work at art house uh so uh i think so banshees is my number two so i'll jump in here and and uh agree with everything that you just said i think i loved the like the existential like side of art versus like but you just have a person right here just hang out with the person right here and have a beer like just do this, you know, but mm-hmm. the, like the, there is so much to that film. It was funny. Like I, I appreciate it. I thought the trailer was really, really funny. And I think I really appreciated still being surprised in the film, not just even with the trailer lines, they still got me and made me laugh, um, which can be hard to do, but there was so much other humor in the film as well. That made me laugh. It, I think it's a film that took some big swings, like with the, yep. the, the, the stakes just kept getting higher and yeah. higher. And I didn't think that was the film I was in store for. Um, which caused like maybe that's part of the devastation that you're talking about. But that was for me, like, I don't know that I wanted to feel this. Like I didn't want to feel the stakes go this high, but they did. And, but that's part of, I think the power of the film. Yep. And another element that I really loved about it was the film takes place on a small Island. So it's just anything with small towns. Just if you were from a small town, you just know the environment of everybody knowing what's going on in your life. So, Yeah. yeah, It was Banshees on anyone else's list? No. No? no? I, I think it's a great film. And I, if again, if I were making a list of like what I think are, on a grander scheme, yeah. best films of the year, then it's different than like my, what personally touched me, sure. I feel like. It did. I mean, I, it, to, the, to the lobster comment, he can, Colin continues to be somebody that I, I'm, I think he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he played the penguin earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, that's so true. That's I forgot about that. That's another yeah. crazy fact. Oh, he's, yeah. yeah. It's Manchies, man. Big, big fan. So, and that's one of those filmmakers I went back and watched in Bruges because I hadn't seen yeah. that before. 
And so I really you Have you seen Three Billboards before? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, Banshees is my number two. Arliss, your number three. Jake, go on to your number three. What do we got? I chose Red Rocket as my number three. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Did uh, you did you watch Red Rocket? I did. Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, I'm up there with him. It's still one that I think yeah. about, and it's, really, yeah, and like Sean Baker does this thing where he just puts you in, yeah. to that you know the trailer park and puts you into that dynamic, and it's just. And I, this is everyone around this table is surprised right now because I hate watching movies where the lead keeps making bad decisions yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like his seemed so real and believe. I don't know. There was something about it, but it, that movie, I I think about it randomly. Yeah. It's not just him running naked down the, the street, uh, okay. but I, I mean, like, I think of that a lot. Got to get to sleep somehow. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, no. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, that was a, that was one of those I was really really excited for. Right. And it was in the award season when it came out. And everybody was talking about how amazing it, this was last year's right. award season. Yeah. And I remember we got it and watching it and it, it's it was like one of the first movies we right. got in the new year. And <laughs> I think the part about it that was so interesting to me is like we paired it not on purpose, but it was paired with licorice pizza just because of a timing sure. thing. Yep. And people were leaving licorice pizza thinking like. What a beautiful romance story. And she is 10 years older than he yeah. is. And they were watching this one and going, that is so disgusting. Like, yep. even though it, it she's mm-hmm. actually legal in this one. Like, I don't understand. And so it was just the way the two different movies kind of played off each other and people's receptions to both. And maybe like, you totally maybe missed something in one of these movies that yep. you're praising one and disliking another kind of thing. They're very different. I yeah. get that. But no. the relationship part of that was very, but I think, I mean, to your point, the, the filmmaker, his ability to tell stories about a, another part of culture, society, a, a people group, if you will, economic status mm-hmm. that don't usually have any sort of limelight shown on their life. No. And the way that he's able to tell these stories it's not any, there's no appetizing desire for any of our lives to live there. And there's also not some underdog story that's told. Right. It's just like, this is the way life is. And, and you're left to wrestle with that. Yeah. And, and where, I, yeah, I think all of his projects I've, I've left. You've, it's almost educational. It's uncomfortable. You it's want uncomfortable. out, but you're there also you like thinking about it. Yep. Yep. So. Okay, I, yeah, I, he, yeah, I, 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 those are all my words. <laughs> it's a complicated thing. All right, my number three is going to be Armageddon time. Anybody Armageddon else have that one? Time, no, nobody. What? Oh, not, no, not no, even the dad sorry. in the room. I didn't, didn't watch it. You I, didn't watch it? No, I didn't. Oh, I take back what I said. <laughs> Fire. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I really this and maybe it's your Red Rocket point. Armageddon time probably than any other more than any other film this year has I have continued to think about and keep thinking about and processing um, whether it's from for me the vantage point of you know the boy the son that that the story is about but also the vantage point of the grandfather or the father and and the role of speaking uh, hope or life into a child when when things aren't going the way that you want them to go to and and what does that 
what does that really do and what does that really mean? That that everybody else, this was my interpretation of the film that was so powerful for me, everybody else is communicating to this boy who he is and who he's going to be and how he's going to grow up and what he's going to look like. It's really great, Arliss. You should check it out. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's not the choice of anybody around him. It's his choice mm-hmm. that he has to make. And for me, like wrestling with it as as a son but also as a father to my kids, like how do how do I... Uh, not to get too you know mushy gushy, but how do I as a dad speak those things, but also realize it at the end of the day it's going to be their choice. It has nothing to do with how how well I spoke of my son Anders. It, it, it was just a really really powerful. So for me, uh, I, I loved it and enjoyed it. And Anthony Hopkins continues to just be old and be really great at being old. And like, I remember seeing him 20 years ago and thinking like, Oh, this guy, he's, he's coming, he's old. And now it's like, no, now he's really old, but he's really, really good in everything that he does. So big fan of Armageddon time, even though you guys don't like mushy, gushy dad no. stories, apparently. <laughs> so let's go to number, number two. two, number two. Oh, number two. Thank you, Brian. All right. Um, yeah. So it was, tough to narrow this down and i feel like my number two is everyone else's number one <laughs> but uh i put everything everywhere all at once at uh number two yeah that's my number one yeah <laughs> that's my number one i didn't have it on my list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did i like that movie yeah i, I probably brian's right i mean it's so hard to look at this sheet and like compress yeah. them down condense them down but uh yeah everything everywhere all at once obviously i mean i to me it's you know, on the grand scheme, it is the cultural moment of this film that that was everything that needed to be seen this year. And it was innovative. It was creative. It was uh, deeply moving on this strange other plane. And um, yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. I think that not only, I, I also really love how it's, a fairly low budget way of portraying something that's much larger and like a much higher concept yeah. done in a, you know, small concept yeah. sort of in way. In tax building. Exactly. And, and not only also on the, um, you know, on that level story wise, but also production wise of like, there was a lot of practical effects in this, yeah. you know, age where like, you know, Marvel a month later did Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it was, you know, also jumping through these weird Same dimensions, con- concept, and yet yeah. it just didn't blow me away because it's like, yeah, someone spent hours rendering that on their computer as opposed to like thinking of creative ways to show this same concept and mm-hmm. that. So, I, yeah, everything about it, I really hope that. Even if this doesn't win Best Picture at the Oscars, I think that this is going to be the film that people think back of 2022 for. I agree. I think that you know maybe the reason like it didn't affect me personally, but as like art house as a whole, I did see some of my friends and the regulars come in like leave like really seriously affected. And then I saw those same people come back with more friends. Like I had two or three people that probably brought other people to it at least three times. Like that's the type yeah. of impact this movie had on exactly. certain people. Um, I just, I just, it wasn't was in that close group. I appreciated the movie and yeah. really liked it, but I wasn't part of that inner affected group. There's, a, there's a, a depth to it and a message to it for sure. But the way it's delivered because of it, how it's packaged 
you feel like you are discovering it along with it rather than being preached to. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the, the beauty of it. I just recently rewatched it again and it's like even, you know, watching it again, it was like, I was still discovering these things and feeling mm-hmm. like rather than being preached to about life and, you know, yeah. the things that it's trying to point out and talk about for me, I, I, and I, I would say this about this film and I would say about RRR, this is the kind of movie for why movies exist. Yeah. Because I think there's so many different ways to tell stories, whether it's live theater, whether it's a book, you know, these kinds of things that, you know, like as, as great as Armageddon time is, that that could be a novel. And I don't think it's based on a novel, right? I don't, I, I don't think, think so. it is. It could be a novel and, and it would be great. You could still have the same impact. There's something about everything, everywhere, all at once. And I would say this with RRR. This is what movies are made mm-hmm. for. The visual spectacle of what's happening on the screen and the love and the care that's happening with that. You can't, you can't, I don't think you can tell a story like everything everywhere all at once with a book. It just wouldn't work as well. Mm -hmm. You can't do it with live stage. Obviously it wouldn't work as well. There's something about that cinema experience that, um, that I just really, really appreciate everything about that film. And I, I agree. If you're interested in it, just go to YouTube and, and search like the making of everything yeah. everywhere all at once. It's really cool to watch them break down some of these scenes and how they did it on a budget. Like just true. Yeah. True I mean, some of it was just like jumping through all these dimensions and he's like, yeah, I just filmed everything. Every place I went with my iPhone for yeah. a couple weeks. And that's how I got all these different, backdrops essentially and it's like that's the sort of stuff that i felt like i was doing when i was doing like commercials and stuff it's like yeah i can make a whole big deal out of this or i can just do something like real simple and make it work (laughs) yeah and they had a small v vfx team for this too Mm -hmm. they just watched like youtube tutorials to get done yeah it's uh, yeah it's so well done i it's so well acted um, I, what's the guy's name? Uh, what, the what? Short, round. short round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a complicated name that we I can are, never we remember. Are bad movie theater operators. Yeah. But like watching him, he's, he's great. Yeah. Uh, he, that speech he gives on, can mm-hmm. we just be kind? That could come off so cheesy. Oh like, yeah. The, one of yeah. the cheesiest speeches ever written, but his delivery of it is just mm-hmm. so. Kehei Kwan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is just. Uh, you're in every every time I see it. I'm I'm in. I know what's happening. I'm always going to say Wayman, <laughs> Wayman. Dude, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh man, it's it's really yeah. really great. It's so it's my number one. So it, it also falls. So 2022 for Brian. There's two big mistakes I made this year. Number one was not giving everything everywhere all at once more screen time. Okay, which was a a lot growing pain. It was a it was a lot. Yeah, we could have held that two more weeks sure. for sure but it was a growing pain for me in the sense of at art house we had never given the screen to one film for two full weeks all yep. by itself before and i was like after two weeks everyone's going to be done with this movie and ready for the next thing not knowing that like people were coming back two or three times for this so yep. I closed it early, and that was a big mistake. And the other one I don't think we're going to touch on, but the other big one that I didn't do was we didn't play Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. on the yeah. podcast. He admitted it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a movie that I went to see over at AMC, and the yeah. theater was still packed. And yeah, I, I went like, like, dang it, I went like we... six weeks later, and it was yeah. still packed. Yeah. yeah. 
For the record, I was trying to bring it in, and the boys convinced me against it. We, Us yeah. against it. And it's fine. There's all sorry. All right, moving on. Yeah. Because I don't want to get upset. You're number two we already talked Ye- about. No. No. Number two. Oh, you, no, you did bring it up briefly for your number four, Matt. Yes. Tar. Yep. Yep, which is... Not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I know you like it. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. I'm a, I'm a big fan of character studies, so it mm-hmm. was just... A character study of someone learning that their actions have consequences if they (laughs) have too much power and Uh don't see past their egos. So, and the movie does have that slow art house pace, but it doesn't feel two and a half hours long. It just, I feels like there's so much depth going on in the movie that mm-hmm. like even after the first viewing I felt like I had to watch it again just to Our, see what I was like. Just so everyone knows Arliss saw this before we did and he goes, I think it's my movie of the year. Jake, don't watch it. You're not going to like it. (laughs) So you still haven't watched it, I haven't watched it yet. No. (laughs) Well, I think I remember him saying, Jake, I don't want you to watch it because you're going to ruin it for me (laughs) with your opinion of it. Yeah, Yeah, I know I already said some things about it, but Tar, to your point about the length of it, you are dropped into this world of this conductor, and uh, that is even intentional because this world is a is a crafted narrative that she has created that you're mm-hmm. living in, yep. and part of the discovery of the film is how crafted of a narrative that is yeah. versus Especially reality. Seeing the people she works with, yep. reaction yeah. when she's making changes within that organization, it's yep. just yeah. It would be a fascinating one to watch again. I think I said that to you guys the minute mm-hmm. I was done with it. I wanted to watch it again because there's so much happening on yeah. that character study it's, with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with the opening, there's like you know the really talky scenes there is legit there would be like one sentence where it comes back like reincorporates into the film later again yeah. and just like oh they were like hinting at this happening right here and it's just i don't know it's just a wild movie to me it's just because the it's script a lot. is also yeah. only like 90 92 pages long oh really? yeah, yeah. yeah. That so makes it's sense. like yeah double a normal like three minutes page. yeah <laughs> yeah wow Jake, your number dose. I had X as my my number two. I'm I'm with you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I uh, Brian previewed the movie and said you should go watch this, and so I watched it in an empty Babcock by myself, yeah. and it was cranked volume wise in there, and I like. I was on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. My hair was up of like, I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yep. And like, there was even a point, And I mean, I'm in the theater by myself previewing this and I went, woo. <laughs> like, cause yeah. it just caught me so off yeah. guard that that was the outward expression, you yeah. know? And so, um, I was a big fan of this one. I think that Ty West really like, he almost seems like him and Tarantino, I could spin the genre wheel, see what it lands on and be like, yeah, you try that. Yeah, like yeah. you try sci-fi. Let's see what yeah. happens when you do this kind yeah. of thing. Cause his homage to the movies he was doing, it was, it was yeah. really well done. No, it's, it was, it was probably the most painful cut on my list was not including X or Pearl, which I would have cheated and just called it the X same. slash Pearl as yeah. a tie. Yeah. And so I think too, the contrast between those two was the most glaring thing for yeah. me this year of like, Oh my gosh, like we go from, you know, Brian had a description for it that I thought was almost perfect of like, if X is chainsaw massacre, then Pearl is a little bit like psycho where it's yeah. more on a character and you're trying to, they're losing grip on reality and turning the corner and just what they did to those sets they shot x first and it's a dilapidated farmhouse and then they shoot pearl and it's brand spanking new farmhouse yeah they uh yeah ty west was talking about 
was talking about that. He said Friday they would be like finish filming X, and then that Monday they're in pre-production for Pearl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're both really great films, and um, and I I enjoyed Ty West's earlier films as well. I don't know if anyone's gone back and watched House of the Devil or Innkeepers or something like that, but he's he's a guy that really knows his genre right. and you know does some great things. He's made some not so great films as well, right. but you know the uh, the the four that I just mentioned, you know, X Pearl innkeepers and house of the devil are very much great horror films to check out and as the horror guy like i said i'm i'm sad that none of those made my list this year but it was a tough call because um because yeah they're both very different um I, i would say that x edged out pearl in the sense that it's a little bit more fun Whereas yeah, Pearl is a little that. more of that character study that's a little more seriously handed, but um, but they're both very well done films. I on a like on a film level, I'd say F- Pearl is better than X, but X is more fun than yeah. Pearl. <laughs> All right, so my number two is Banshees of Inisherin. So we've already talked about that one. Boring. And then I will jump to number one. Do you want to? Number one. Thank you. That was great. So my number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yep. We already talked about it, so uh, we'll get that out of the way. Brian, actually, nope, we're going to go back the other way. Yep. Jake, what's your number one? Uh, I had Cha-Cha Real Smooth, so I'm, oh, glad, yeah. I'm glad it made <laughs> Brian's list because that one, I mean, I think, too, a lot of it's the circumstance around that film. So it was one of the Sundance films, and so uh, we do Sundance virtually here at Art House, so the staff takes a look at well, there's what 70 films uh, yeah something and we like get that, to yeah. pick four a day for like 10 days and so i know it seems like oh you guys have like such a, a hard, hard job a rough day but yeah we were watching four movies a day for 10 days which you know can be eight hours depending on and so anyways uh long story short we get to take some of those movies home or watch them at home if no one else wants to watch them and so i knew that i had a like what was in the description was a rom-com and so i was like hey, like, Timber, do you want to watch this with me tonight? And so the two of us watched that at home, and I remember just sobbing, like kind of mm-hmm. just lo- one of those uncontrollable losing it at a movie moments, and just was like, you okay? It's like, yeah, I don't, this hit, whatever it needed to hit for me. Um, and then Brian's given me his other movie, which was also really great, and he was an RA just like I was kind yeah. of thing. So um, I think he, he hit it really well. I was excited that it was Sundance. I was excited we got to bring it back. Um, but yeah, I think everything about that one was a lot of fun. Everyone I've showed it to has really liked it. No. It is good, for the record. <laughs> Just not great, yes, in my it, opinion. Yes, I did like it. So. <laughs> Matt doesn't like romance. What's that? Matt doesn't like romance. No, nope, nope. I, got, I got my wife. Uh, yep. I don't need any more romance in my life. <laughs> exactly. got two kids. Are you kidding me? No romance. All right. All right, that's your number one. That's everything everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Get your job back. Yep. See where I told you, everyone else was going to have his number one, and I'm the, the guy that's like, oh, I can't put it at number one. Though. So I will say, th- these are, again, filmmakers, uh, the Daniels, the two writer-directors, yeah. going back and watching um, Twist Army Man mm-hmm. after everything. I, I really, really like these guys, and I'm excited for, yeah. for everything that they're yeah, about to do. I, I think this put them in a real unique position that like hey you had the biggest indie film of the year and now next year it it, part of me worries like are you is someone like universal gonna snatch you up and you're just gonna make like derivative like 
eh, I've got the budget to do anything and now it's lost its charm sort of thing. (laughs) I think that something about everywhere, everywhere all at once is that because other movies took a slower pace at explaining the idea of a multiverse, mm-hmm. they didn't have to waste time on that. Like as a culture, sure. that we makes sense. have yeah. seen yeah. other works of art that have this concept in them. So it's like, oh yeah, that's totally easy yeah. for us to grasp yeah. this thing. Yeah. Versus like Spider-Man was a couple months before. Spider-Man so it's like, right before oh, they did all the heavy lifting yeah, already. Exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. other, other films, other genres, other things have done this like, yep. Idea. Yeah, even the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse cartoon that yes. introduced a pig. Yes. And so we're like we're on board with yeah. raccoon, raccoon, you know, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, oh that, yeah, <laughs> hot dog fingers. Yeah, hot dog fingers is a thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That that's a good excellent point. Um and so we're on to Brian's number Brian's one. Brian's number one. Uh yeah, so my number one, like I said, is we're gonna get a big collective eye roll from everyone because it's been I've been Calling it for months now, and it's the worst person in the world. Which was a 2021 uh, film, much right. like Red Rocket, but uh, it was uh, just for me, it just hit all of these notes that was super. It's not like the most unique film out there, but. I felt like it hit a raw emotion that most films don't go quite that far. Sure. Arliss, are you reevaluating your list? Do you want to put it on your list now? (laughs) This is uh, when Jake mentioned not liking the main character of something. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you just. This is one of the. Yeah. yeah, He was. No, uh, worst person in the world. I gave it a 10 out of 10 when I first saw it. So, like you said, that raw emotion, but I still felt like the filmmaking was still being fun within, within the movie. Just helping build on to that experience. With yeah. I, I liked this one. I mean, it, it, I like it made a lot of sense and I was able to follow along, but I think that it kind of reflects a little of my number one of like cha-cha roast move. Didn't hit you guys the way it hit me. You know what yeah, I mean? And exactly. that's the beauty sometimes of yeah. these indie films is like something can hit you right in the oh, yeah. bullseye. Yeah, like, yeah. and, and yeah, the way th- I, I feel like Something about indie films is that, you know, your mileage will vary with it, whereas, you know, a lot of, you know, Marvel's not wanting people right. to have mixed emotions on it. It's right. like, no, we want everyone to love this. Right. So. Or to um, know exactly what the point was. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. I think some of these indie films, we walk away thinking, yeah. like, this is what the point is to me yeah. versus this is what the absolute but, uh, point is. But, yeah, worst person in the world, um, foreign film, for one thing, out of Norway, but also... Um, just this complex character that, um, you know, some people may say that, like, you know, unlikable character, but at the same time, I also just felt like she she is living her truth in a way, and it's, right. like, it's uncomfortable. That's why it's called the worst person in the world, right. is that she realizes that I'm, in order to better myself or to do what's right for me, I feel like the worst person because I have to betray someone or I have to whatever. And it's, yeah, I feel like it's super complicated character, but something that I feel most people have been through in some degree in their life. Well, as well of like being partnered with the wrong person or, even being partnered with the right person, but still feeling unsatisfied. Right. And, and then you have different goals. And yeah. so then what's the point moving forward? Exactly. So it's, it's great. The running through the frozen, um, I think they were in Oslo, uh, but 
all of that super visual, yeah. but also um, people pause that took yeah. time from their day. And those, yeah. yeah, those from the production end, there were people that, you know, they had this all figured out that they were going to do this. And then people that were just there during the day decided to play along and freeze and then ended up getting caught like, okay, we're going to have to do this several times. So now you are stuck here. You have to do this all day <laughs> sort of thing. But, but uh, yeah, I think it's a great film that, you know, people's mileage will vary, but it hit me. It struck a nerve with me that still has not um, waned much. It's to me, it's still maybe one of the best films we've ever played at Art House. So, and he put the poster above his desk, folks. And I have right the poster above my desk. I do. Yeah. I do have one complaint. I can see a. I can see a subway logo in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, those were the top five of the year yeah. for Art House staff. Um, did we want to talk about some other films that we saw this yeah, year? Yeah, so I mean, we we are also guilty as a staff. We can't get everything. We have yeah. one screen at the Babcock and one screen at the Art House. So we yeah. we also... Uh, we can lose partake, patience. Yeah, so. partake <laughs> in, in viewing at our friendly theater out there on Shiloh. Um, and so we all talked about, is there a movie outside of the art house playlist that really hit you this, this year? So, uh, Arliss, what would you say that that movie was for you? It was Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah. I picked too. So did you guys watch it in IMAX? Yes. Yeah. We so we, Brian and I watched this together in IMAX and yeah. I like, I was so just on the edge of my seat, the sound, the way they did the picture, like the whole thing had me completely wrapped up in it. Yeah. Um, from Go. Yeah, and I watched this with MK, and it was just, like, the only way I could describe leaving the experience was I just watched a modern version of Jaws that's actually, like, I understand why it would be labeled as a horror movie, while right. it's Jaws, I don't, it has, like, one yeah. jump scare, and I don't, right. like... The I mean, anticipation it, it, of the monster. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it was just... I don't know. It was like a very, it was also a very weird experience too. trying to like, cause Jordan Peele does have that reputation of putting like social, social commentary into his movies. So it was just trying to understand like what he was talking about with like spectacle and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I had to like see the movie again to like connect dots this time. Yeah. Next time yeah. I saw it. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's not as over the head as some of his other films in like, message you know sort of thing yeah uh yeah i i enjoyed that one quite a bit um i did not come with anything prepared for this but i would say that one that i saw this year that i thoroughly enjoyed um unfortunately they did not go theatrical with it was uh weird the al yankovic story yeah (laughs) brian every week was like do you think they'll let us have this one in the theater oh i kept it on my list for a long time like like can I reach out to them and just say, let us play it? And nope, they were pretty stern. Like this is, no this is how we're doing it. So, um, but it is a lot of fun. And I just, I mean, as a kid that grew up with weird Al being like, I mean, that was like the first album I bought was probably his self-titled album, um, on a cassette tape is how I bought that. But, uh, it, it was really interesting to see, them have fun with how they portray his life in that 
most of this is not true. It's not like a straight biopic. It's, it's really a parody of a biopic, which is very fitting for weird Al that, you know, even his life story is a bit of a funny joke song, but it's, it's so great. And, uh, Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna in this, which I don't think I've ever seen her play a comedic role. And she really nailed it in that tone that, you know, her and, uh, Daniel Radcliffe both just were pretty well cast in this to do something like really silly, but take it really seriously. And uh, were you able to see past Daniel Radcliffe in this? I feel like he's one to me. It's like when he's Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. He's there for me. I know like I'm not seeing a character. I'm seeing him. I probably still saw him quite a bit, but, uh, but I still enjoyed it because again, it's not, this wasn't walk the line. He wasn't trying to disappear in the role totally either. But, uh, and even the singing, like it's very obviously lip syncing to weird Al singing. (laughs) And, uh, but it's, it was a blast. I absolutely loved it. And it gets more bizarre as it goes where, you know, at first you're like, Oh, the jokes are there, but it's like still kind of grounded in reality. And then the further it goes, the more it's like, Oh, this is completely off Off the the rails. And the way that they played with time too. I love that. Like the whole movie takes place in the eighties, even though they still include Amish paradise in it, which was not an eighties song, but they're like, well, we have to talk about the hits. So they still talk about Amish paradise, regardless of the fact that that was well past the eighties. Um, so total fun. If you have Roku, even if you don't have Roku, I think you can just go to Roku.com and still stream it for free. Cause, uh, but you'll just have ads, but check it out. It's a lot of fun. And I'm super bummed that they didn't go theatrical with it. Cause I would have definitely booked it. Um, so yeah, that was 2022. Um, was there any letdowns? Is there anything you guys were like really wanting to love and just didn't? Um, I, I think I put that, you on the spot. Yeah, yeah you yeah. did. Cause I didn't have this one Hold written on. down. Jake, Jake, I think talk a while. Oh, <laughs> I was a little bit, I mean, I was curious about men. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, it was one that it had the the director behind it. I feel like you and Matt had hyped me up about yeah. him and his ability to do something. And, the teaser was creepy enough. The trailer was like, oh, okay, I kind of feel like I know what's going on. And then the movie, I, I, while again, you know, things we've talked about on this table for some of our best movies, it lives in my head rent free right now yeah. to think about this movie. So, but uh, yeah, I would put that one probably at the top of my like, I really wish I hadn't seen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. For, for me to give our list more time, the film that I was most looking forward to this year. And then I was super disappointed in, even though better than I feel like everyone else kind of dumped on it. And I was like, okay, it wasn't that bad, but don't worry, darling was the one that I was like, I really thought that this was going to be something really unique. And, you know, I would be talking about it for a while and then I saw it and then I'm like, Oh, it just Felt so undercooked. Undercooked it felt so is like the like, perfect word for it. It's, it's like just man, you like, had all the pieces to a beautiful meal. You just yep. didn't finish the. There job. was some great you cinematography. Didn't, didn't add seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, great cinematography, Florence Pugh, like really carrying the film. And it just was, I mean, you know, I, I can say Harry Styles, but it's like he, it wasn't just him that brought it down. He was kind of miscast, but it wasn't, it wasn't like he ruined the film. It was like, no, there was more to it that it just didn't quite hit the mark for me. And I was super bummed because I was really rooting for it. Even when I heard negative press, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm still ready to, you know, root for this film and that, you know, maybe it's, you know, not perfect, but it's still good enough. And then I'm like, Ooh, but it was really off of perfect. It seemed like, yeah, uh, this, I actually, I'm going to say the same thing because I was kind of obsessed with this trailer when I first saw Mm -hmm. it. So I always feel like I do have a movie every year where I like watch the trailer a few times because I'm like excited for the movie. And like last year it was like not last night in Soho and that disappointed me. And this year it was this movie. And yeah, so it was just, I don't know. It just like I really love the like the concept, and mm-hmm. then the twist came in, and it was just and Booksmart was really well done. So mm-hmm. like Seems following like a step up down books, for her, yeah, yeah. Which I know that you know going from a comedy to a drama is its own obstacle, but still, just yikes! Yeah. I was disappointed i probably would be more disappointed in blonde if i actually watched it but it got such bad press that i'm like i don't know if i'm even gonna watch this (laughs) (laughs) so all right right, i think that wraps up our uh, year in recap that's the year so we'll be off next week but we'll be back in 2023 with more talks of film art and culture on art house rewind if you Want to see what's happening at the theater? Hit up arthousebillings.com. That's it. That's the one. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.